it's all it came out about that Belichick liked him. But it's like I get you don't know everybody, and I I don't know. It's like read what I put for the Detroit Free Press. They put a D minus. They think mm. it's like it's a crazy reach. He's an unknown player from a second tier conference who missed his final six games with a shoulder injury. But then he had eighty two tackles in like eight games. And yeah, injuries are an issue, but he's not a literally unknown guy. You should kind of have an idea who he is a little bit, right? Like maybe he's not a guy you're looking through the year, like, oh, he's a like Leighton Van Der Esch or even somebody just below that who got picked by the Cowboys first round last year. Mm. But if you have a guy who's been in all like all conference consideration, most people around doing mock drafts or evaluations know who he is. He he gets an invite to the senior bowl and the combine. You should know who this guy is more than who is this guy. Mm-hmm. Been, like had he not got a senior bowl invite or combine invite. Okay. I could see that, but there's guys who cover this team. Like this is unknown. No, he's not an unknown. If you get a combine invite and a senior bowl invite, you're, you know, you're pretty good. Yeah. The injury stuff and not being a top tier conference, whatever. That's those are kind kind of legitimate, more injury than not. But saying he's unknown, maybe unknown to fans, but he's not an unknown guy. If you're supposed to be covering the draft on some level when he gets those big invites, most people are okay with it. Like just lukewarm. But part of it, I think, is just because where he got picked. That's all. But I think he'll be fine. He can get to the ball quickly. He makes he can make plays off the line. Yeah, he played in Hawaii. Nobody saw him too much just because of the situation that is, which is a hindrance, but. Here's the thing. The people who run the Lions knew who he was. They thought he's high enough to be there. There's guys who you hear stories like, I'm going to go to Columbia and play football and, and get my great education. If I'm good enough, they'll find you. They bring guys in from Germany to play in the NFL. The Vikings have a couple of guys. There's a yeah. guy from the Bills from an English rugby, rugby player. May not make the roster. Might be a futures practice squad guy. If you could play, they'll find you. So they clearly think he could play. And so the excuses from, from fans I get, but if you cover the team – do some research like this could be still be a surprise pick but once you I, there'll be plenty of follow-ups and stuff but if they could find you it's like you gotta there's thousands of guys that get drafted so i'm not gonna say you should know everybody but if your team picks this guy hopefully they do the research now for next week to do all these follow-up stuff so oh maybe he is a good player maybe it was worth it but i just think the position like had he been a pick number 85 he may have had a better grade. So, as far as I can tell, CBS liked him the most, like a B plus. So, yeah, he he he's fine. It, it is sort of reach, I think, but it's um good for him, right? I'm not gonna blame oh, him yeah. for getting picked that high. No, definitely not. I think we're all gonna be behind him and hoping he does well. Are you surprised he's the first guy taken from the conference? Yes. Who who did you who did you think would have been number one? I thought that it would have been one of the tight ends. You mean only the one that got drafted, or the one who did not get drafted? He. Well, you forget though there were two that got drafted in the third oh, round. Oh, sorry, I sorry, I forget. I forget about Kalai Warren because Aztecs don't throw the ball enough, and they apparently should have. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to say that they should have because you know, in the the amount of work that he got in the passing game, I think he showed enough to really entice, <laughs> you know, and you know the the it's not necessarily a one to one comparison, but I think the lesson that you take away from someone like George Kittle is, you know, George Kittle didn't really do much in the Iowa offense, too. But the 49ers saw enough in his skill set to be like, okay, we'll, we'll take a flyer on him and he'll see what he does. And then, you know, what, two years later, he's a thousand-yard pass catcher? Yeah, but third-round pick's on a flyer. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think in that range of picks, especially at number 86 where Warring ended up getting taken, mm-hmm. that is the kind of place where you want to start taking – you know, advantage of upside. A little bit, and I yeah. think that, you know, if 
I were comparing Waring to Josh Oliver or, or Dax Raymond, I think that he probably does have just a touch more upside. And he's entering a pretty good situation where it's not like he has to step in and be the man right away, too. Because the Houston Texans do have some, you know, capable, if not necessarily like Pro Bowl caliber tight ends. You know, it's uh, what they have Ryan Griffin, I think, is slated to be their starter right now. I'm checking. I'm trying to remember who it was. They had a guy. I, I, I knew they had tied in a couple. Let me see right now. I got the Texans depth chart pulled up from earlier in the year. Uh, the one guy seeking of not, who got too many concussions to be at Griffin, Jordan Thomas, Jordan Atkins. But they had, I think it's Altsameyer a couple years ago. But the Texans mm-hmm. have had pretty good, I mean, knowing them, watched him a bit, pretty good success at tight end. So yeah. he may not come in and start over Griffin or Thomas, but what they do, he, I, if you're a third-round pick, you're expected to make the roster. And Griffin's yeah. been around for seven years, so it's not like he's a guy who's been there for a couple. So there's room for him to be on there. The Texans seem to do the tight end position quite well. So it, well, it and, could end up being well. Being and the well. flip side is that, you know, within that San Diego State offense, you know that he's a pretty good run blocker as well. Yep. And you know that Houston's exactly the kind of team that wants to be balanced. So, you know, if he starts in and like, you know, sub packages, like two tight end packages and, you know, doing a little bit of play action down the field and stuff like that, I think that, you know, maybe he doesn't have a thousand yard ceiling right away. But I think if he makes good on his potential, he could be a Pro Bowl caliber player in two or three years. Absolutely. Especially in that offense. Yeah. With Deshaun Watson, you have a John J. Hopkins out there. You're going to have whoever's going to run the ball. Will, no. Is Will Forrest still on the Texans? I should know that. Well, he's a receiver, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, other guys to open things up. Uh, yeah, so, Kiki Kuti, I think. Yeah, they got a couple of pretty good guys. But let's move back to Josh Oliver really quick. Spartans get a third-round pick. or Yeah, third-round pick, number 69 overall, fifth in the round, to Jacksonville. And you got a lot of the same. Who is this guy? We're bringing the guy from what team? Their team won how many games last year? And... That's not Josh Oliver's fault. That's and not. If they, if they had watched San Jose State as much as I did last year, they would know that. They should know that. It's always like, well, part of it is, is like, people want, I, I saw one team, I forget who it was, like, I think in their first, um, I'll get back to Oliver, but they bragged about their first, I think the first two days, all five of our picks were from Power, power Five conferences. So I'm like, okay, and there's a guy in FBS who got drafted, FCS got first round pick for, I think, Alabama State guy. So, like, mm-hmm. why is that a real big brag? It just means the players you wanted just happened to be on that within those conferences. Yeah. So, if you're on it, you can still be a great player and be on a bad team. That happens quite often and often enough to get picked high or even reasonably high in this case. And if you could play, like I said, if you could play, you could play. It doesn't matter. And Oliver, we've seen him catch the ball, we see what he can do. And he's. And think of him in playing the Mountain West against all the good linebackers out there from Boise State, Utah State, San Diego State. There's a lot of good linebackers, or yeah, San Diego State. A lot of good linebackers he's going up against, anyways, and he still makes plays. So if people, once people look through some stuff or watch the games, like who he's going up against week in, every single week, there's some good talent he's going up against. So it's, I'm fine. There's, I'm not saying it's a great pick or a bad pick. It's fine. He's really good. And Jacksonville has a new quarterback, didn't they? Um, they no, no longer have the Brady's favorite player, Blake Bortles. <laughs> no, they signed Nick Foles to that big contract, remember? Yeah, that's right. That's what I was thinking of, Nick Foles. And so, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, not going to claim to know their tight end situation, but Jacksonville has running back. Now they have a quarterback. Just adding pieces to that team, and he'll be fine. He'll make a good – he'll make the roster there. He'll do good things, and people... – Well, and again, it's, it's another situation where he doesn't have to step in and be the man right away. Yeah. You know, because they have, you know, intriguing if, if untapped potential on the outside. And guys like, you know, D.D. Westbrook is still around. Mm-hmm. 
Marquise Lee is still around. Keelan Cole is still around. And I believe right now their starting tight end is slated to be Jeff Swain, who, you know, he's, he's fine. Sure. And, and if Oliver is, you know, a 30, 40 catch guy, you know, year in and year out, I think that that is all that offense really needs. That's true. And like most of the grades are pretty good. A few of the knocks weren't against him. It's just the offense overall. It's like this pick could be kind of wasteful if their offense doesn't show up next year. Because why pick this guy to help your offense if you're out fit? Not that he's going to be the guy to help the offense be that much better. But overall, if it likes a new quarterback, they have um, Leonard Fournette there running the ball. If the offense hasn't improved, then why make this pick? Yeah. Not necessarily Oliver will make them better. But the offense in general needs to be better to make this pick worthwhile and useful or sooner than later. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so it's not yeah, it's not an Oliver, but it's like, well, hopefully Nick Foles can do it. And I guess the only concern people are saying, like, he only had one great year of production at a lower to a pro- lower rung program. But again, it's again, if you can play, you can play. And, well, and, and if you're thinking about production, I think it's fair to point out that he might have been handicapped at least a little bit by a shall we say, roughshod quarterback play? Yeah, but at least, or at least at, that's not nice. Or rotating quarterbacks. Injuries had to play with a different guy every couple of weeks. So and, and even if Foles isn't necessarily as good as he always is in the playoffs, it seems, he's still going to be way better than the guys that Oliver had thrown to him at San Jose State. Yeah, Nick Foles to him, that's a, that'll be a good move, good pick. Yeah. All right, so let's go to some other drafted guys here. Let me pull up my, dra- my handy draft tracker here if I had it in front of me. So then you had... We were talking about Warren a little bit to Texans. I would say the biggest shock overall is Madison getting a third-round pick. You think so? I think that's pretty shocking because all those mocks I had like maybe a seven-round pick. Like of the guys who did get picked. Mm-hmm. It's a it's pretty high pick, obviously. Pick round three, 102. But he also goes to a team where the expectations are high, which means he they want him to come and apply. I know you mentioned like, oh, a third-round pick, about a 100-pick, kind of a flyer. But not really. But they still have Dalvin Cook, who wasn't here. Like, oh, hey, him and Dalvin Cook on the same team. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Didn't we have that conversation, or was that with him or Rashard Penny a couple years ago about the Doak Walker? <laughs> you remember that? No, that, I think. Well, I think it was Rashad <laughs> or Donald Pumphrey was even farther back than that. That, that too, yeah. <laughs> but going to a team that offensive offense capabilities, running back had injuries last year. This could be a really good spot for him to be a decent running back too there for a while. Absolutely. I mean, especially when you consider that the Vikings lost Latavius Murray to free agency. That's right. Yeah, him too. And with Dalvin Cook having injury issues in the past, you know, Cook obviously has a high ceiling. I've always liked him. Oh, yeah. And But I've been waiting to draft him for my fantasy football team year in and year out. <laughs> um, but I mean, between, you know, Cook and Amir Abdullah, who's also in there as kind of a change of pace back, you know, there's an opportunity there for Madison to contribute you know, a lot pretty easily and especially because Minnesota is the kind of team where even with all the talent they have on the outside between Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen you know Mike Zimmer wants to be able to run the ball yeah and mm-hmm. and you know if the Vikings offensive line can be better than it was last year I think Madison is the kind of running back in this situation where he's going to make that line better too, just by virtue of how physical he is. Yeah. They don't they don't necessarily need him to be like a home run back because he can be the kind of grinder that they were missing a lot last year. Well, here's the thing too, yeah, we saw what he did in the fourth quarter against Fresno State both times this past year. Was it yeah. fifteen, twenty carries and one of the victory, oh, yeah. one of the loss, he just tear people down. Dalvin Cook, here's the Vikings rushing from last year, it's abysmal. Cook had 
I'm just telling games he played, but 615 yards to lead the team. Mm-hmm. To lead the team, 615 yards. He had two touchdowns. He played. He hit missed a bunch of games, but he still wasn't great. Like games, 39 yards, 73 yards here. His best game was 136. And so a lot of the times he had like 10 for 29 carries, 10 for 20, 10 for 15 for 40. Mm-hmm. Number two is who we mentioned, Tavis Murray, no longer there. And then Kirk Cousins was their number three rusher last year. Not I, great. I, I, no. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, it's no. not great. And Madison can catch the ball a little bit. So even though Boise didn't give him a – well, they sort of did. But he can catch the ball a little bit. But I think he can clearly be a good number two back there. Mm-hmm. And what, in what way the offense – Kirk Cousins, year two there. Uh, Thielen can – I don't know if he'll keep pace with what he did last year, but you can mention Diggs, Kyle Rudolph. They also drafted another tight end. He can come in and get – like maybe they'll play it like last year. Maybe Cook's oh, obviously the number one guy, get maybe – maybe be like a 70-30 type split or something like that, 70-25-5 with somebody else. Yeah. There's a good reason for him to come in and get see decent playing time. And so yeah. I would say that's the most surprising of the guys who got picked, of how high he went. I mean, when you consider it's like the last pick of the third round, I don't think it's necessarily that surprising. Well, from where I saw him going, like I saw undrafted. I saw seven round. I saw six round. I saw nothing. I don't think I saw anything this high. See, I always felt like they were undervaluing him. Well, so did and I. That, and that's probably because I've watched a lot of Boise State football, too. And I'm like, why can't anybody bring this guy down? Yeah, the same thing. It also just continues the streak of Boise State guys getting drafted. That, too. Brought- and I mean, and, and I think it's important to keep it in context, too, because other really big physical backs were also going in the third round as well. Like, you know, David Montgomery from Iowa State was a guy who was kind of a kind, same kind of a grinder. You know, Devin Singletary went in the third round, too. So when you consider where other runners were going at that point in the draft, that to me is another reason why it doesn't, to me, it doesn't seem as much of a stretch as it, as it might to others. Sure. I agree. I, I could see that. I just, I just didn't think I'd see him going to high from what everywhere I saw, but like I felt, felt he should have been high, like you said, but he landed the good spots. Glad he goes there and not to a team like, say, who you know, like the Cowboys sort of have a Zeke Elliott or like um, somewhere else has like a main guy who's going to take like every single snap no matter what running the ball. It's funny you mentioned that because I saw the joke multiple times. Like, I'm really glad the Cowboys didn't draft a running back for some reason. <laughs> what, what, what was the point? I was, just seeing, I was just seeing multiple people mention that. That's, well, they got a backup, I guess, but I, I didn't feel that was yeah, the case. Uh, I'm fine with it. Like, I like the Cowboys. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. Uh, all right, here's kind of what we have next going on. We'll kind of go through these picks really quick. Um, I keep closing my tab for the drafted guys. So you had a, are you, do you like where Keyshawn Johnson went? He gets to hang out with Kyler Murray now. That's another interesting situation because when you consider his pick along with pretty much everything else that Arizona was doing in the draft, it seems like Clips Kingsbury is trying to build the kind of offense that you, I used to like to play. And when I was doing NCAA 14, yeah, you get your, you get your high ceiling quarterback and then you just get like the, best wide receivers that you can like mm-hmm. all of them <laughs> you know because and, and i say that because you know they also drafted andy isabella in this in the late second round and then they got hakeem butler in the first pick of the fourth round before picking up Keyshawn johnson in the sixth round and so it's it's interesting because it you know with uh with those three plus larry fitzgerald plus i have no idea who else arizona has coming back off the top of my head me either but That's I think okay. there's plenty of there's plenty of opportunity to go around, especially if they want to lean on the passing game, which with all the weapons they have. Oh, I forgot about Christian Kirk, who 
I like a lot. And they get a pretty good uh, and, there if he's and David Johnson too, yeah. who he's, he, he wants to go 1000, 1000 passing and, or excuse me, not passing rushing and receiving. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden he's entering a very wide open kind of offensive situation. And I think that with his particular skill set, being able to learn every time. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, he, he's not a blazer like Isabella. Mm-hmm. He, he's not like a physical presence like Butler is, but I think among those three, he might have this, you know, the best route running abilities and probably has the best hands. So being able to learn kind of the nuances of the game from somebody like Larry Fitzgerald in particular is going to be a huge learning opportunity for him. For and sure. so, you know, if, even if he's not much more than a wide receiver three, I think out of a sixth round pick, that's really all you can ask for. Well, and if Kingsbury's going to try to bring what he had from Texas Tech to some degree. Yes. Wide open, throw the ball a bit more. Like, I'm, I'm intrigued what Kingsbury will do because what he did at Texas Tech was pretty good. He had Mahomes there for a little bit when he was playing with USC for a hot second. But Texas Tech has always had maybe not win success, but moving the ball success. Oh, I don't yeah. I don't think it'd be full on. Plus, he'd be dumb to do it with Johnson there. Full on, just slinging the ball 50, 60, 70 times a game. But mm-hmm. they're going to need, what, eight wide receivers on the roster, just about six to eight active receivers every game. If they're going to go at least three wide, have Johnson and some other maybe tight end or full H-back of some sort. There's going to be plenty of opportunities for him to catch the ball and put up oh, what, 25 catches his first year, perhaps, something like that, something reasonable, 20 catches, a yeah. couple a game, like maybe two a game or something around there. But it's a good spot because he goes to a place where his opportunity, it's new coach, so new quarterback. There could be some ups or downs, but it's good for him, right? I'm not going to complain at all. Definitely not. All right, next couple guys here, we'll wrap, go kind of go quickly to get to our other fun stuff we got going on. Um, Marcus Epps, we did not do a draft prof- profile for him, but he got picked. But, whoops. To the yeah, Vikings, the Mountain, the Mountain West, Minnesota Vikings, right? Who <laughs> took four of the ten guys to their? I team. think they're they're officially the unofficial NFL team of the of the site now. Yep, go Vikes! You got um, yeah, out at Madison, Epps. Uh, you also had uh, all of BC Johnson and uh, long snapper Austin Cutting, who probably won't be able to play this year because he has his Air Force commitment. So, oh, you never know. Well. Jalen Robinett didn't get the waiver, so we'll see. And <laughs> he could have been yeah. like a high pick. Um, going there, like, who would you rather pick, like, in a, in the draft? Like, because Andrew Wingard didn't get selected, but Epps did. See, I don't. I mean, it, it's hard to say. You know, I would say that this is the biggest surprise that you were referring to earlier, but I think that's only because he got drafted and Wingard didn't. Mm-hmm. I think that you know they have slightly different skill sets that complemented each other very well at Wyoming. Yeah. And so I was, I would have expected both of them to be selected in you know, within this sixth, seven round range. And so it was kind of surprising to me that Epps was and Wingard wasn't. But I don't think that's you know a discredit to Epps at all. I always thought that he was perhaps a little bit underrated. Me too. Everybody just felt, because yeah. just because of all the accolades that Wingard racked up during his time with the Cowboys. So you know, again, if you know, if you look at where other safeties have gone in recent years. You know, Darian Thompson, for instance, was a third-round pick. What else? Uh, Darren Smith, a few years ago, was a sixth-round pick. Probably didn't get enough of a shot with uh, Cincinnati when he got drafted. So, you know, if he can come in and be just like a, a quality backup safety, that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, we'll see. Because, like, the one with defense makes plays. And 
so many players. Like, he'll be on a roster that's, like, well, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but uh, you're an NFL roster. He already played with a bunch of guys who are going to be in the NFL at some level. Yeah. And maybe he's overshadowed a tiny bit, but I, I same, felt the same with you, like, Epps. Like, why are they not talking about him a bit more? No, but I, Wingard was a tackle machine at that position, and so maybe, like, well, he's just a run-tackling guy for safety. We need him to cover better. And it could be a couple of things going to the skill sets, what the team really needs, what the team wants from you that you do well. Like, maybe Wingard, who knows, maybe he'll make his roster, make a team. I think it's with the uh, Saints, I believe, he got picked up by. I'll look in second here. I got it somewhere. But maybe, or sorry, Jacksonville. But maybe it's just the team likes what you do. That's all it could be. Because that's why some of these picks are are done. It's like, well, it it's always goes back to, do, back to do you want the best available guy or the best guy that you need to fit for in your team? And maybe they yeah. need that type of player. Epps is more suited for what they want at that position. Yeah, and it's another kind of it's another situation where, like we were talking about Madison a minute ago, the defensive side of the ball for the Vikings is pretty much all set too. So you know he gets to go into a very good situation where he doesn't have to, you know, contribute massively right away. He can learn from Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris and, and Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes in that secondary. And Mike Zimmer is a defensive coach, you know, by training, and so I think that you know that's a really good situation for him to end up in. I did as well. So let's go to the next pick, which might be this possibly could be the best position for any player in the conference. Darwin Thompson to the Chiefs. I'm glad he got picked. So so am I. He got picked and was around six, two fourteen. That Chiefs running back position is fairly wide open. They can make anybody look good. There's that. Andy Reid does great things. Like they don't have Cream Hunt Cream Hunk to let him go after the issues he had. So he's gone on the team and he okay. He's the exception for them because he was a first round pick a couple years ago. So they, but that yet yeah, they make like look all the guys like uh, all the guys you play in fantasy football. Oh, I'll pick up the second Chiefs running back. He'll probably get a start down the road. That's exactly you know what and play him. That's exactly what I did in my fantasy playoffs <laughs> last year. Is I picked up Damian Williams, and yeah. it was like nothing had changed. Exactly, it's like he's uh, goes from whatever three to two, but they don't have where they do have like they do have Spencer Ware. But, like, Spencer or Damian Williams, um, didn't they get rid of Tyreek Hill recently? But he's a wide receiver, essentially. Did they cut ties with him? Or is he still sticking around? I forget. No, he's still there right now. There's something the other day about him. He's got his own issues going on, but he's still there. Okay, I thought I saw something more than that. But what Andy Reid can do running back, would he have a passing quarterback that's – you can't just focus on the running – the passing or or running game? Like, are they going to blitz and let Mahomes beat you? Are they going to just stick back and let let you run the ball well? But – Andy Reid's track record, even going back to the Eagles with running backs, like not just the one or two guy, like the third guy can get some carries. This could be a really good spot where he could easily, I think, is it too far-fetched to say maybe he could compete for starting job as a round six guy? Is that too much to ask for maybe? A little? Hard to say. Because, I mean, I think that relative to the other guys in that backfield, he might be a little bit undersized. But I, I'm, I found this article over at Chiefs Wire where they were talking to one of the area scouts, uh, Trey Koziel, and one of his one of his quotes was that, you know, I think they see him at least initially as a change pace guy, mm-hmm. but he he also sees Thompson as a big play threat, and maybe that's what's missing in that backfield right now because Spencer Ware is you know he's fine, mm-hmm. and Damian Williams is fine. But I wouldn't say that either of those guys are a threat to really break open in the same way that Darwin Thompson has shown that he can, especially with the, you know, that he's uh, shown that he can break a lot of tackles as well. So it's not just the speed, but it's also the toughness that I think, 
you know, the other guys that they have are good, but they don't quite have that same particular kind of skill set. Yeah, like I found that same piece, like going six six point eight yards per carry, just about. Yeah, fifteen per catch. That maybe that's what they need that playmaker guy to help Mahomes even do more. Like you say, right there, he gets about fifteen yards per every reception he gets. You throw to him instead of throwing to Tyree Kill or whoever. Mm-hmm. He could find a place on the field to where be that number two guy and still make be productive. So I really like the pick for him because that'll be great. I also like the pick to a John Ursura to Seattle, man. Can I just say that I, if if I were to disagree with anything, I would disagree oh. with that assessment. Why is that? But and, and that doesn't with? have any that doesn't have anything to do with John Ursua himself. Going to Russell Wilson doesn't throw the ball down the field. It's not Russell Wilson either. It's from it's going from the run and shoot to a Brian Schottenheimer offense. Oh, yeah, I should have thought of that. Yeah, they always they always want to run the ball all the time. Open it up. Pete Carroll, tell him to open the ball, the passing game up. But again, I think there's opportunity here for him because it came out, what was it, two days ago that Doug Baldwin might be forced to medically retire from the NFL? Yeah, that's a huge deal. They, and they did draft DK Metcalf, who does not have under 2% body fat because you die if you had less than that. <laughs> Here's the problem too. They, I, I like, I like the fit because there's a lot of opportunity there, because, but then again, they draft DK Metcalf, they got Greg Jennings, and then also Ursula way later. So I think there's a chance there, but if Baldwin is gone, it'll open it up. And I, the reason I like Ursula, like he has 200 yard passing game. Part of it is on Cole McDonald or whoever's throwing the ball to him from Nick Nick but even for that, he was making plays to catch the ball before they went to the run and shoot, shoot offense as well. Yeah, I mean, I think if he's going to make the roster, he's going to have to do it as a, as a slot receiver, which I think, yeah. and I think maybe there's an opportunity to do that because Lockett, of course, is best on the outside. And, and David Moore, who came on at times last year, if he's the second wide receiver, he's going to be on the outside too, mm-hmm. which leaves you know the three guys that you just mentioned, including Ursua, as someone to kind of work in the, that wide receiver three or four role on the inside. And so I think there's an opportunity there, but you know, kind of like we, it's uh, to me, I see it as almost the inverse of what we just talked about with Keyshawn Johnson, where it's, it's an offensive system where it's like, is it a bridge too far for someone with talent like Ursula? I don't know. Maybe, but they did draft up to get him. True. Yeah. It was a seventh round pick, but still, I, I think that given, I guess he plays like C plus, I think he's a better player than that, but it could be, I said it could be coming down the fit. And yeah. what the team needs. If Baldwin is really gone, maybe that's why they knew something before we did about those three picking three receivers. And they probably would need to open up a bit more. It'll be risky. But I think I just like his talent what he did. So maybe this is just not the best team. And how many seven round guys stick on the roster? Not too many. All that often, mm-hmm. maybe a year. But I think I'll say this. I'm pretty confident he'll be if he's not in Seattle, he'll be on some NFL team this year. Yeah. And then we got back to the Vikings, all of BC Johnson to Minnesota. Was it was it a surprise that he got drafted, but not Preston Williams? I I am pretty shocked. Maybe I I felt Preston Williams was by far the better receiver, like not even close. Like the way he catch the ball, go down the field. I felt well because Preston Williams is like the best receiver in the conference last year, pretty much. Well, he certainly got the most volume of work. That, that that's why you're the best receiver. They trust you to get <laughs> the ball and to catch it. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that. I don't know. I mean, I think that BC Johnson is kind of like we just talked about with Marcus Epps, where maybe he was a little bit overshadowed. Oh, I agree with that completely. But I, 
still say he's not the better player, but I'm not an NFL scout or whatever. So what do I what do I know? <laughs> and I mean, I see him, I mean, I see him and Keyshawn Johnson as possessing pretty similar skill sets where maybe they don't have, you know, one or two physical tools that blow you away, but it's a polished product. You know, it's like a like what a high floor receiver. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, if he can step in and be a possession type guy, you know, Minnesota is the kind of team where they've done pretty well as far as identifying wide receiver talent recently. You know, that it was it, ironically, it's been kind of their their high draft picks that have been the biggest misses, like Cordell Patterson and Laquan Treadwell. But you know, they picked Stephon Diggs in the sixth round a few years ago. They signed Adam Thielen as an undrafted free agent, so. You know he'll he'll have some competition I think in that regard because they also drafted Dylan Mitchell in the seventh round out of Oregon as well. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't surprise me to see him be at least a role player from you know from week one. Yeah, I, I I'm not what I said about saying Preston Williams is by far better. I do believe that, but doesn't mean like I said Johnson's a bad guy. And, yeah. and with the offense, Vikings they want to throw the ball with Brad Childress there. It's like they want to move the ball, so there could be a lot of room for him to get chances on this team. Yeah. So, and then the last guy, long snapper getting drafted. I'm not, I'm chuckling, but it's kudos to Austin Cutting. But sure, why, why do you draft a long snapper? I don't know. Because you need it. I know, but just <laughs> you hear all the stories. The guy, like the guy in Pittsburgh, like worked at the furniture store, come be a long snapper. He gets on the roster, and you literally play. Like if I could be any position, like in any sport, that'd probably be the best one to be. Because my younger brother was long snapper just in high school. He's not huge, like a big football player. He's about my size, 6'4", probably just over 200 pounds high school. That's fine. Long snapper guys don't have to be huge linemen. But you touch the ball. You do like – if you screw up, you screw up. But you have, what, eight snaps a game? I'm just saying for field goal punting? Mm. I'm just saying, man, if you can get that gig, even if you get the veteran minimum, go for it, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every year. But I, it is a need, but it is, uh, it is odd. But it's also, like I mentioned, more than uh, Nebraska got drafted. So suck it, Cornhuskers. Right. <laughs> Can we have Raj in Nebraska go around mentioning that every time he gets a chance in season Nebraska? That would, that would actually be pretty hilarious. Air Force got a draft, player drafted. You guys did not. <laughs> we don't even care if it was a long snapper. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, I think I think it was, and somebody from Pro Football Focus had noticed or mentioned that like he's he was flawless on like ninety eight percent of his snaps. That's good, right? That I mean, for a long snapper, I imagine it would be. How was, Air, was Air Force kicking was pretty good too, like field goal kicking, I believe, this past year. It was okay. I was wondering because it's um, it's not his fault if the guy can't kick it through the upright, but that's true. He gives him every opportunity to succeed. Especially if he's ninety eight percent. Let me take a quick look. Field goal kicking. Um, they made um nine of twelve. Okay, there you go. Not not too bad. Not too bad. They don't kick that many. They just go for touchdowns, right? That's what the Falcons do. Yeah, so exactly. Triple option, bust up the middle. All right. So what's your uh? So we do have one only one question, which we should have got more, but it's okay. Our good buddy Colin, who does stuff for us, anyways. Biggest surprise of the draft. I guess mine was, well, I guess I'd say Madison, right, being drafted that high? Mm-hmm. Disappointment? I would say Dax Raymond not getting drafted. He puts negative, but I'll go kind of disappointment. But I think Raymond is a shock he didn't get picked. Hmm. Because he was seen as high as highly regarded, if not more, than Josh Oliver. You know what? I'm going to say I, I was badly disappointed that Brett Rippon didn't get drafted. Me too. I, I, I kind of figured he would as well. Because, just because quarterbacks usually get drafted regardless not regardless he was good but 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's the entire career profile. You know, I think we have seen four years worth of evidence to suggest that he's not a flash in the pan. Correct. You know, he may not be like, you know, Josh Allen with the raw tools or something like that. But, you know, he's a tough guy. He could stand in. He knows how to make some a lot of the tougher throws out there. And... You know, even though it, it took him and you know until five minutes after the trap to land a deal, I think that Denver is a pretty good place for him because even though the Broncos also drafted Drew Locke, I am not entirely sold that Drew Locke is that much better than Brett Rippon. No, and then their starter is Joe Flacco, who and their starter is Joe Flacco, yeah. which is which is another thing entirely. Don't ask me why the Denver decided to do that. Um, they, they got rid of Case Keenum, right? Wasn't that part of the deal? They did, yeah. Case Keenum is in Washington now. That's right. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. It no, but that it's a good point. Like if Flacco doesn't pan out very well because he wasn't great last year. Lamar Jackson beat him out. Drew Locke probably dropped for was he second round pick? I believe is that where he got selected. Uh, yeah, he was. I believe number forty two overall. There were some saying he could be like a first round with top QBs, but Giants. Yeah, and I never, I never saw that. Me, and he, I didn't really either. But Giants screwed that up by taking Daniel Jones. But that's something else entirely. <laughs> <laughs> that really is something else entirely. I appreciate that for the Cowboys. I, imagine putting the future of your franchise into the hands of a quarterback from Duke. Who just because him and his coach knows Eli May- Manning, or I mean Peyton Manning, excuse me, something like that. But they have a guy in Russia who really knows Peyton Manning, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Like he, he might be fine, but being number six, like people at Dwayne Haskins would have been better there, which I probably would agree. And whatever it's for a Cowboys fan great do it however Washington made some pretty good picks so I'm like oh boy they might get a little bit better eventually yeah but back to who we were talking about Rippin I I think you're right I, I think that same thing it's a good spot yeah they drafted the guy it's I think that's a great spot for him to go because he may it's assuming they take three quarterbacks in the roster which I don't know would you take Flacco and two rookies uh, <laughs> that's risky I mean you could do a lot worse I guess you could. Is RG3 on the roster or something? I mean, you just – actually, well, RG3, I believe, is still a backup in Baltimore. I know. I'm just, Jackson. I'm just joking. Like some guy – some generic guy who's like been around but hasn't done much. Uh, I'm trying to see who's on the roster really quick, but that is – it's a risky situation to have, right? Yes and no. I not, mean – Not ideal, I'd say. Denver is still a team that's very clearly rebuilding. They've been rebuilding since John always been there. So, so I mean, I so I mean, I think if if they were expecting them to be a Super Bowl contender, it'd be kind of a high risk, high reward kind of situation. But I mean, the only other guy listed on the depth chart right now is Kevin Hogan. That's what's looking for from Stanford, right? Yes, and so, he, he's no real threat. Well, excuse me, Garrett Grayson's on the roster there too. Oh, really? Former I forgot about the that. State quarterback, third round pick to the Saints. Who oh was... man, just just imagine <laughs> Brett Rippon pantsing him again. <laughs> Remember, he was good. No, actually, I, I shouldn't say that because those were some pretty high-scoring games. <laughs> he was supposed to go for Drew Brees in New Orleans. How'd that work yeah, out? Did, okay, so let me rephrase that. Imagine Brett Rippon handing Colorado State another L. <laughs> there we go. I just happened to scroll through. I'm like, wait, Garrett Grayson's on the roster. So I, I, I think he might make the roster, but it'll be close. It depends. How, but uh, seeing who they have, like they have Flacco, Grayson, Hogan, Drew Locke does have a photo. Okay, there's that. They don't even list him. Well, I guess he's a draft pick officially, but or he wasn't a draft pick. I like how Drew Locke has the shadow outline already. They can't even Photoshop him in a Broncos uniform on the little thumbnail. Yeah, I saw that. 
Um, we'll see. I think it's a decent spot, but he'd have to beat out Grayson, and then they'd have to take three. I'm pretty sure they'll take three because what's worse, having a, a old injury, injury-prone potential, not old, but like Flacco's up there in age for a QB and a rookie quarterback, that's it. You'd want to have a third guy. So I think there's a chance for him to make that roster. I'm not sure if he will, but I think it's still a pretty good spot. So if we're talking about you know best chances to make the roster oh, as an undrafted agent. One, one more thing real quick. I just remembered this. I pulled up now. Mike Prater over at the um, – what's he – where does he do stuff for Boise? Um, what, KTAK or Idaho Press, I guess he does stuff there. He put out an article or something. Did you know 600 quarterbacks have been drafted since Boise State last made the list? Idaho, Idaho State, San Jose have combined for nine quarterbacks drafted since then. Boys, and this is, that doesn't even include Jeff Garcia. Oh, it does. Oh, well, okay. Boy, that's right. Boise State and Air Force, the only Mountain West teams to not have a quarterback drafted. And somebody replies back, include Ryan Finley. I'm like, no, you cannot include Ryan Finley. No, you can't do that. He's like, somebody put on there, he's like, they, people would kill me and it's wrong. It is technically wrong. <laughs> That's like that's like uh, NC State trying to claim Russell Wilson. Exactly. So, or there's a couple years ago, SEC trying to claim Vaughn Miller from Texas A&M for something when he played in the Big Twelve. Like, mm-hmm. Come on, did when he won Defensive Player of the Year? I think for the Broncos. I think. That's yeah, I think so. Like, no, come on, you cannot claim that. Big Twelve shouldn't really claim it either, but the only one that claim it, Texas A&M. But you do what you do for branding, right? But you cannot do that. Sorry. So go. What's your next um, likely guy to make a UDFA roster? Uh, would it be cheating to say John Barron the second? What team did he get picked up by? The kicker? He got picked up by the Chicago Bears. Oh, boy. <laughs> who, last we saw, had some very serious misadventures in the playoffs. Cody Parkey is gone. Yeah. Uh, I heard that there were some rumors that Robbie Gould might go back to Chicago from San Francisco, which would actually be kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean... As far as I know, John Barron's only competition would be Chris Blewett. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting because when when I was looking into you know information as to what draft prognosticators were seeing about Barron, mm-hmm. it, it's, it struck me that you know there was some question about how teams would be able to deal with the fact that he was a left-footed kicker. As a positive or negative? As a potential negative, which I had no idea because I was like, well, did they not see his tape? Did they not see him make like multiple 50-yard field goals last year? I think he's definitely got the leg to make it work. I don't think and, it's him. I think know, it's that, the guy catching the ball and spit like the uh, holder maybe. Maybe, yeah. And so it was just it was just one of those things where it was like I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't expecting something like that to <laughs> to come up as a potential negative, but you know, I think that he's definitely in a good place where he could you know, maybe more so than anybody who actually got drafted, be able to contribute right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I'm betting it's. Yeah, I think you're right as well. Little limited competition, and teams may take two kickers, or at least heading. If he's not a kicker on their team, like say he does well, he doesn't make it. He'll probably be. I don't know. I don't, do they put kickers on practice? What? Probably not. But they may. They may take. I don't know. They may take a kicker like into a week or two for a roster spot. Just not make him active or something, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Throughout the throughout the week or game weeks, but that's a pretty good spot. But that is odd because I guess because if you are, I'm trying to think, if you take a kick from a right-handed a right-footed kicker, you are going to catch it with your right hand and put it down. The other way, you catch with your left hand and put it down. Yeah, just get a lefty who can hold the ball. Come on, there you go. I don't know. It's or catch it with both hands and put it down. I don't, usually mm-hmm. they do right. You're not catching one-handed. Not usually. I don't think. It, 
I, I'm betting it's more along the lines of just comfortable for the whoever's going to hold the ball, maybe. But then again, that's not on the kicker. Oh, sort of is, but not really. Do you know what my? You know who's going to make a roster no matter what? Who's that? Ryan Pope. When you get a 145 guarantee salary and a 20,000 signing bonus, they're not cutting you. That makes a lot of sense. He and like again, no draft profile on him. Sorry, when he, I didn't think he'd get picked this, but getting 145 thousand dollars going to the Lions for base guarantee, which is what's the rookie deal about 250, I think 300. I think so. Yeah. So he's getting basically a half guarantee deal. 20k signing bonus is almost one of the most you can get. So I think he'll make a roster for sure. There's somebody else who got a big. Was it Granderson too? To the Saints, who got a pretty good sizable bonus. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm trying to see here. I'm looking at switch at 85,000 guaranteed. So not quite what Pope did, but that's pretty big deal. So I think both those guys are going to make a roster. And yeah. Anderson's a really good player. And I always remember him stealing the handoff from Brett Rippin for a touchdown going the other way. There you go. <laughs> so he's a quick guy. So those are a couple of guys who I think will make the roster for sure. You know what my biggest surprise was? You got a free agent deal. Who's that? And again, these hopefully these are compl- these are probably not 100% up to date. We're doing this Sunday afternoon. There might be a few more trickling in. Gage Ferguson. Do you think so? He never played for Utah State. I mean, he played off and on. Barely. I had talked he got a free agent deal. And Ty, here's the him or Ty Ganji, who Ty Ganji started every game this past year, played, well, I think every game, but the main starter for Nevada, and he doesn't get picked up. Let me say that that's pretty super- shocking, right? Well, for a team like Kansas City that needs all the help they can get on defense, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah? No. Okay. All right, well, let's move on then. Let's go to – who's my other guy here? Pick I'm looking at – hold on. I had somebody else I was thinking about. Um, well, while you're thinking about it, here's it, another yeah. guy I think ended up in a really good situation. Lexington Thomas. Where did he end up at? UNLV he, running Well, back. he has a mini camp in with uh, Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I think it's a very good situation let is me because... Pause. Let me apologize real quick. I don't know why I said Gage Ferguson was a quarterback. I was about to say. <laughs> I wonder why. I'm like, no, I'm like, I must have... Okay, I was entering this so cool. I'm, I'm like, that doesn't sound right at all. He... Oh, my gosh. I, I'm just going to say I'm done talking about that. He played... Maybe it, what it could have been... There's so many names. It's been a while. I'm going to edit this right now and put defensive back. I was thinking for some reason, I saw somewhere, because we saw the tweets that came through, like, oh, here's a guy who gets signed here, signed there. I'm like, you just say quarterback. I'm betting I just looked at it wrong and typed in too many guys, but defensive back. So Yeah, it happens. Uh, it's one of the football season a few months ago, right? <laughs> I want to make Not that clear because people yell at me. Too You're an far idiot. away. <laughs> it's, it's right in the middle of it, essentially. So I apologize for that. I don't know why I thought quarterback. I'm betting somebody did type it, and I may have just uh, kind of went through, but, or I don't know, whatever. So go with your, your next pick. I wanted to double check and say, I'm sorry, Aggie fans. It's because, you know, Indianapolis, I think, as far as I've been able to see, is are one of those teams that they've been getting a lot of praise for how well they did with this draft. But you look at their running back situation, and you know, Marlon Mack is an injury risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, they, you know, they're okay. I wouldn't say that anybody's going to be, you know, knocking down the door to have them on their team. And so I think that if he does well at minicamp and really shows out, that you know, even despite the size, he sh- I think he definitely has the speed to be a, a different kind of home run hitter that the offense could really use, especially with an offensive line that has really rapidly improved over the last 18 months, going back to when they selected Quentin Nelson in last year's draft. You know, it, it's you know maybe he's not going to get more than six or eight touches per game, but he's exactly the kind of weapon where 
if they're looking for one more explosive element, he could very well be it. Did they draft a running back? I don't think so. Because I'll look up. I, I don't it. have that in front of me. I'll get it in a second. They did pick up UMass running back as an actual free agent, Marquise Young. Yeah. And again, Thomas, you mentioned minicamp workout means it's like a three-day rookie deal, three-day tryout essentially, so he helped him press quickly. As for draft, they, they did not draft a running back, by they the way. They did not. That's interesting. I know they love Marlon Mack, and people are like, oh, next year he'll be the great running back. They had Frank, did they have Frank Gore again? They did, and then they replaced him with Mack. Yeah, but Gore had a ton of playing time. <laughs> Uh, well, that's because Frank Gore is is the greatest. But let's let's not slander Frank Gore. I'm now. just I'm just saying, as for age and running back to be, if you can't beat out an aging guy, or at least get at least split the carries fifty fifty, it's kind of on you a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm just saying a little I bit. I do think I do think Marlon Mack is pretty good though. Yeah, so we'll but he's see. A bit of, but he's a bit of an injury risk, which yeah. is why I think there's an opportunity there for Thomas. I do have a question for you. Have we figured out Malik Reed's situation? Yes, he ended up in Denver as well. Good, because that's what I put here. I was looking at CBS Sports this morning, double-checking. There was a conflicting from where he's going to end up at. Mm -hmm. And so he's at Denver officially? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. All right. um, Okay, how come – let me ask you a couple – because quarterbacks are always a needy bunch of group. Teams want them. Can you explain no Ty Gangy, no Marcus McMarion as a free agent pickup? Uh, I mean, between the two of them, I thought that McMarion had the better profile than Agreed. Ganji. Agree. But, uh, I mean, as far as some of the other guys that have been picked up, it's really... Actually, you know what? Relatively breaking news. Ooh. He, uh, McMarion did get an invite to Raiders minicamp. That actually could be pretty good for him. So we got we to gotta update that a little All right, bit. I'm, I got the, <laughs> the page right here. I'll update it as we go in a second here. So he's at the... Raiders minicamp who they don't like Derek Carr, but they didn't draft a quarterback. Yeah, and there was a lot of people uh, like saying, oh my god, they're definitely going to draft a quarterback. Derek Carr's out the door. I never saw that. I, I, I think Carr's good that. enough. He doesn't deserve that. He's good enough to be... He's, remember, before he broke his leg, he's basically the MVP. Can, can we put a functional offense around him? Well, can fun- we put a functional you- offensive line in yeah. front of him? Can we stop ruining Derek Carr for just a minute? <laughs> for just a minute. But you're right. Like he, They lose Marshawn Lynch. He retired again. So yeah. uh, And Tyler Romer also, it just came out oh. a little bit earlier this afternoon that he too uh, has a free agent deal with the Raiders. M- minicamp deal or free agent deal? Uh, as far as I can tell, um, Kirk Kenny of the San Diego Union Tribune says that he signed as an undrafted free agent. Okay, good for him. He was also the guy who could have been... There are some people saying he could have been taken pretty high. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I don't know necessarily how much we need to get into it, but I know that among all of the Mountain West prospects in this year's class, that he was dealing with the most significant off-field questions. For sure, because he basically got kicked off the team. And I think that with the way that the NFL has been publicly wrestling with that, earlier these days you know we mentioned Tyreek Hill earlier as a perfect example of that um that might have that probably cost him and I mean if it were me as a draft evaluator I would say that he probably deserved it and you know he's gonna have to put in a lot of work not only on the field but as a person to show that he deserves the opportunity that he's getting from the Raiders okay so he's in Oakland um let's talk about Dax Raymond real quick he goes to Chicago I would say is that the biggest you said Brett Rippon. Was it more surprised Rippon wasn't drafted or Dax Raymond not drafted? Personal, like I said, personally, I would say it's a bigger surprise that Rippon 
wasn't drafted. Interesting. I I don't know, but going to Chicago, do they have who's their tight end situation? Do you know? Uh, right now, their number one is Trey Burton. Okay. You know, he was okay last year. Yeah, I, I think they said somebody else a while back. Maybe they used to a couple years ago. But he goes undrafted. We saw what he can do. I, I'm seriously wondering if people thought he's a couple years older. He's went to Russia for a couple years. So I wonder if that's an issue. Maybe same with John Arsuro going late. Those guys took a couple years off. But not off, but out doing stuff. Mm-hmm. I, 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 think, I don't know if he'll make the Bears team. I don't know him that well. But I was surprised that he didn't get drafted because there are a lot of people saying he could be like the first pick taking anybody from like Utah State, Utah, BYU, anywhere around here where I'm at. And they were very surprised he didn't get picked at all. Mm-hmm. So I'll try to see who else. Anybody else that stick, stuck out that did that was a free agent guy? Um, Can we talk about one guy who hasn't been signed? Oh, Mike Bell? Mike Bell. What's going on there? What did he that do? That surprises to, me. Who did he I'm hurt not... to not get drafted? What did he do? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I know that there was a little bit of concern about his combine showing, but I would have thought that he alleviated a lot of those concerns at the pro day where you know, he improved his 40 time by like, a, you know, a tenth and a half of a second. And, you know, he improved a couple of other things as well. And so I would have thought for sure that, you know, in the same way that I, I would have thought he was like a sixth or seventh round pick. But, you know, now we're sitting here on Sunday afternoon and he still hasn't gotten so much as a deal, you know, as an undrafted free agent. And I think it was either last night or earlier this morning, you know, he came out and he basically said that he's not going to forget this feeling. But, you know, for me as an observer, as, as someone who got to see a lot of him last year, I'm just really surprised that he hasn't been able to get a flyer even as a free agent so far. Yeah, there's. I'm looking through. Like I searched his name really quick. Like there's guys, depending who's legit or not. Everybody can be a draft guy, which is fine. There's guys like he is a top 200 guy for me, not drafted. People were surprised he's not a like top, one of the top undrafted deals or mm-hmm. undrafted players. Like he's on like anywhere you search Mike Bill UDFA, his name pops up everywhere from players like top guys available. Like yeah, immediately and, and, the draft ended like 24 hours ago. He was was one of the him and a dozen guys. Yeah, and when you consider the other the other safeties who have been able to pick up free agent deals so far, you know, Wingard and Ferguson and Parker Baldwin, mm-hmm. who signed with Atlanta, I would have imagined that Bell would definitely be in that conversation among those handful of guys getting a deal at this point. Do you think Bell got bad information? I don't know. Because he I had mean, a year of eligibility left. He could have came back. He did. So. I mean, like I said, I didn't blame him for leaving early i thought for sure that you know even if he wasn't like a high draft pick that there would definitely be a role for him at the professional level so i'm just i'm not sure what to make of the whole situation right now i would expect that he'll get signed fairly soon and i think that the team that ultimately does put him on the roster is going to benefit from it i would agree i because there's a we're we're trying yesterday throughout the day afternoon like some guys were were waiting and some guys were thinking maybe he was uh like uh negotiating because some teams will, like, look at the bonuses that Pope and guys got, like Garanderson to go to the Saints and Lions, those guys. They got pretty sizable bonus, partially guaranteed contracts for not getting picked. I think at this point, that's not the case. You're not negotiating this far 24 hours after the draft to find a team. They'll pass on you if you're, I'm not saying he's doing this, but if he's negotiating with other teams and maybe trying to inflate his offer a little bit, I'm not saying that's the case, but I there's something going on for he's not picked yet because 24 hours later, He's not still negotiating with four different teams to try to find the best spot. They'll just move on from me if you're just being difficult or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just saying, 
maybe, but I don't know. But it is surprising he's not picked up at this point, the day after the draft. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to see anything else. Um, Air Force did not get a guy picked up. Um, let's see, anybody else? Hawaii? Did Hawaii get an undrafted guy? Uh, not that I have seen so far, no. Let us know on Twitter, MWCWire, if you see a guy. I, I was kind of hoping to keep searching for Jalen Robinette because he's eligible now to be picked up, but nothing about him because he's, what, two hmm. years out, removed from, they made the last second deal on the day of the draft. So, oh, sorry, you cannot go to the NFL and postpone your – or reassess – or not po- not necessarily postpone, but, like, kind of uh, adjust your commitment after school. So hmm. anything else we need we need to discuss with the draft at all? I think that we're pretty much all set. I think we are good to go here. And so what I think we're, we're going to talk about really quick next to wrap this up is it's almost time for our season previews, Matt. Almost. I, I think here's what our plan is going to be. I'll say it now, and, and hopefully you and me work things out. I think our next show should be spring roundup, kind of a quick hit of what happened throughout the spring football because Hawaii just ended their spring practice. In on that, yeah. And there's that, and then I think if I did my math right, I think middle of May is when we need to start doing our, our weekly previews for the season. I believe you are correct. That means top fifty countdown coming our way again. Mm-hmm. The most trusted top fifty mountain was countdown on the internet, right? By virtue of being the only top fifty. Hey, is that part of it? <laughs> it's exclusive to Mountain West Wire. That's how I'm going to frame it. It's exclusive to the internet on our website. Essentially. Yes, exactly. We'll do that. I'm going to jump back in and get our all-time teams done because that kind of took a hiatus break because of this 20 years. So, and and I might not be. I might be working on a, another project Ooh. with that in mind. Excellent. That's a, that's what we in the professionals call a teaser. I got another teaser, which I'm going to do this. I did sort of last year and year before. I'm going to actually commit to my quarterback rankings each week, which I think is a pretty fun thing to do. Sounds so, good to me. So look for that. I'll do some quarterback competition type stuff, some quarterback rankings and positions. But we'll have our previews coming through, team previews, opponent previews. Hey, we're getting close to camp start late July, right? Last week of July, especially for Hawaii. Something around there, yeah. It's what, 12 weeks away 15, from camp starting? I believe so. We better yes. hustle. We need to get on this. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, with that, that being said, thanks for listening. Check us out, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Blog Talk Radio, anywhere you can find your awesome podcast. We are there. I don't think we've had reviews in a while. Let us know if we're good. If, well, just let us know if we're good. Leave a review. I won't say anything else, right? Leave us a uh, positive review on your good old podcast uh, app you use. So with that, MWR.com is our site, and we'll see you next time, folks. <laughs>